Good morning, everyone. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Janine, and I'm a member of this congregation, as well as being part of the themed ministry team, along with Jane and our minister, Sarah. And I'd like to welcome you all here today to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians, in the hope that whether you're a first-timer, a seasoned visitor, whether you have things in common or which are different to your seated neighbour, my hope is that you find something in the service which speaks to your most pressing need today. Our slightly adapted opening words are by Jennifer Von Roo and Lynette Lowe. And they say, Welcome to this space, this sanctuary of peace, where we come to not only create our best selves, but to also do the work of creating a beloved community. We come together today as individuals, much like individual pieces of glass or pottery, that are different shapes, sizes, and colors, all of which are broken with imperfect, jagged edges, but always beautiful. While our pieces may not always fit neatly together, it is within this church, guided by our, our highest values, that we gather together to create a beautiful mosaic. May the brokenness and beauty you find in one another Create peace in this space and fill our hearts with love as we create worship together. We'll now light our chalice as we do each week and we'll also light our Advent wreath with some adapted words by Erica A. Hewitt, which Royd will read. Many years ago, thousands of years ago, people in the Northern Hemisphere were thought to have gathered wreaths of evergreen and lit fires as signs of hope in the coming spring and renewed light. The custom was kept alive by Christians, and in the 16th century, the Advent wreath had gradually spread across many parts of the world. Today, Advent is the period of four Sundays leading up to Christmas. It's also the time when the days are shortest when cold settles in, and when people need the cheer brought by the promise of light and warmth. As we light one more candle each Sunday, this Advent wreath symbolizes our waiting experience. Week by week, the candles remind us that the darkness of fear and hopelessness recedes as more and more light is shed into the world. The flame of each new candle reminds us that more is yet to come. On this first Sunday in Advent, we light this candle of hope. <coughs> May its flame awaken the best in us, connecting us to what's most sacred and enduring. 
May it spark life to the hope we hold inside, making it burn fiercer and brighter, shining that light of hope out into the world. Thank you, Mike. Spirit of ages, light of life, God of our hearts and of our understanding. We gather this morning with many beliefs and many ways of life to give thanks and to worship together. Let our prayers be heard, for aren't we all one family with the same wants and needs? Help us to strive for a healthy planet, to work toward peaceful, loving relationships with all of humankind, to achieve our vision of seeing all people fed in body and nourished in soul, sheltered from the rain and cold, and free from unnecessary fears. And let us take a moment and in our silence, send loving thoughts and prayers to those people and places in our world who need it today. And also let our thanks be heard. For aren't we all one family with the same joys and sorrows? Hear our praise of love and beauty. Accept our gratitude and songs of celebration for music, for learning, for the things which nourish and nurture us. We offer thanks silently now for the things in the past days or week which we feel grateful for. And let our efforts be forever intertwined, for aren't we all one family gathered here this day, <coughs> grateful for the warmth and recognition we find in one another's hearts and faces. Thus we pray, and thus we offer thanks. So be it. Amen. This short reading by writer and UU World online columnist Geoffrey A. Lockwood invites us to reflect on what it is to be a good visitor. The most important thing that I've learned in travelling to more than 20 countries is the art of being a guest. 
and I'm a particularly fine visitor at the supper table. I've consumed live fish in Inner Mongolia, not quite coagulated blood sausage on the Tibetan plateau, shredded pig's ear in China, grilled lamb fat in Uzbekistan, horse steaks in Kazakhstan, vodka made from fermented mare's milk in Siberia, Vegemite in Australia, and snails in France. I don't have an iron stomach, by any means, but I do have the will to be a virtuous visitor. We are all visitors, even when we are home. Our time in any relationship or place is ultimately limited. We are passing through. Nobody stays forever. How might we act if we consider ourselves guests in the lives of friends and family? Being a good guest is rather simple in principle, but occasionally challenging in practice. One begins by demanding nothing more than the barest elements of life and dignity, which every host is more than delighted to exceed. The good guest then simply allows the other person to be a good host, to share his gifts, to play her music, to tell their stories, and to serve their foods. Finally, a guest should cultivate and express genuine gratitude. It need not be effusive or exorbitant, only sincere. We might also think of ourselves as uninvited but not unwelcome guests of the planet. And I think the rules for being a good guest of the world are just the same. Ask little, accept what is offered and give thanks. There's so much one can say about hospitality, our theme for this month of December. So while I've been researching for the past couple of weeks and had lots of different ideas about what I could bring to the service today, I'm going to focus on the topic of welcoming the other. Now, before I really get into it, two questions for you to ponder to yourself silently. Firstly, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of hospitality and welcoming? Just silently to yourself. Just notice what the first thing that comes to mind is. And secondly, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the other? So just the, the first thing. I don't know what you found, but mostly physical examples of hospitality and welcoming come to my mind. For example, giving people dinner, having guests stay for a night or two, saying hello as people come in, or even countries providing refuge for those seeking asylum. And that brings me on to the second question of who do we view as the other? And some examples which spring to mind are people from different cultures, races, 
classes, working class, middle class, we have the class system in this country, or those with money, those without, people with different sexualities or gender variations to ourselves, or people who have differing physical or mental um, abilities, to name but a few. But for both these questions, there can be more subtle answers. Being hospitable can be about being welcoming in heart, mind and thinking, as well as in practical ways. And the other, they may be those who we have lots in common with through our um, backgrounds, but who hold different values, religious beliefs or philosophical outlooks to us. The quote on your order of service by Benedictine nun, author and speaker, Joan Chittister, says this. Hospitality means we take people into the space that is our lives and our minds and our hearts and our work and our efforts. Hospitality is the way we come out of ourselves. It is the first step towards dis dismantling the barriers of the world. Hospitality is the way we turn a prejudiced world around, one heart at a time. So being welcoming and hospitable constitutes more than just the physical acts we do. Being welcoming as an idea can seem simple enough. But often we encounter blocks to this, arising from various sources, such as stereotypes we've heard or seen in, in the media, or negative encounters we've had, assumptions and prejudices. And some of our blocks are unconscious. We're not aware we have them but may find ourselves habitually not engaging in conversations with certain people, avoid, avoiding eye contact with various groups, or being physically tense and guarded around those which for us are seen as the other. Having a sense of us and other is part of how people have formed individual, family, societal and cultural identities. And whilst this can be affirming in who one is and what one stands for, as, um, when it's done, as often it, it is, by deeming what is different, to, you know, be it a lifestyle, belief, culture or a differing sexuality to our own, when that's deemed as bad or something threatening and to be fearful about, barriers and walls between different groups of people can be easily built and fiercely defended. The fear of the other is a big one. The fear that if we let the other in, truly in, we'll lose something or lose too much. Maybe you might relate to some of these. 
the fear that maybe we'll lose our identity or we'll lose our way of doing something which for so long has been seen as the right way or the only way to do it. A fear that society might break down or that there won't be enough jobs or resources to go around. And this last one was part of the fear-mongering campaign used to encourage people to vote leave in Brexit with posters of refugees, of others, flooding into our country. And all of this in a country which often describes itself as having a tolerant society. But tolerance doesn't make for a welcoming society or person. Understanding, love, and seeing another's humanity does. I recently heard a podcast interview entitled Living with the Other on the Centre of Public Christianity's website, which I highly recommend. Um, I've put details of how you can listen to it on the back of your insert sheet um, if you're interested. The interview was with a man called David Smith, who is Professor of Education at Calvin College in Michigan, but also author of the book, Learning from the Stranger. And he talks about going beyond tolerance to love. In the interview, he says this, tolerance is a willingness to let someone be, whereas love is a commitment to someone else's well-being, which is not the same as saying, I'm willing for them to exist and I'm not going to attack them. This is a good starting point, he says. And he continues, tolerance is not a bad thing, but love is going a step beyond that and saying the other's well-being is important to me. And when that well-being is threatened, I'm willing to step out of my way and seek to secure their well-being. It's a form of intentional attentiveness. And a way, as a way of acting out of this love, he goes on to mention, as many of the world's religions do, the golden rule. Do unto others what you'd like them to do unto you, or treat others the way you'd like to be treated. As a basic step, this can be so helpful in becoming more welcoming, in helping us to see the humanity in another, that like us, the other, has needs, fears, hopes and struggles in much the same way that we do. It also helps us to remember or imagine times when we've been the other, the stranger, or could be the stranger and the ways we'd like our inherent worth and dignity seen and affirmed. But most importantly, it's a step towards building the bridge of understanding of the ways they'd like their worth and dignity affirmed. David Smith goes on to give an example of, of expressing the golden rule in a practical way. 
of learning some of another's language. He says that it sends the message that you're not expecting the other to do all the work of making it easy for you to communicate, but you're trying to make it easier for them to communicate with you. Being able to enter into somebody else's experience of things, of listening to their lives' stories from their perspective, of being able to see things from the other's map of the world, is that deeper welcoming and embracing of who they are, not who or how we want them to be, based on our own backgrounds, expectations, assumptions and prejudices. In doing so, we gain a deeper understanding of them, and more often than not, we can learn something valuable too, like the man did in the story. And in the reading we heard earlier, Geoffrey A. Lockwood wrote from the point of view of being the guest, of being the other, and being willing to enter into a cultural world and frame of reference which was different from his own, simply by the act of trying different cuisine in the various countries he visited. We've all been the guest, the visitor, the stranger, the other. And while trying a meat dish as a vegetarian or vegan may go too much against your own principles, or learning enough of a language to have an in-depth conversation may be unrealistic for you, the idea of the golden rule of treating others the way you'd like them to treat you is a simple place we can all start. So I encourage you, over tea and coffee after the service, to chat with others about an experience when you've been a stranger, maybe being somewhere where people are accustomed to doing things in a different way than you're used to, or of being in a group where people have different beliefs, traditions, theologies, or values to your own. And speak about the small or big things which helped you to feel more welcome. Or what didn't make you feel welcome, and a practical way that you would have welcomed differently if you'd have been in charge of the situation. Because what you come up with can be your own starting point of the welcoming thing that you offer to others and in your own way help you turn a prejudiced world around one heart at a time. So may it be. Amen. As we move from our time of sacred togetherness back towards the ordinariness of our lives, let us not forget the things we've learned here, the gifts we've received and the things we've shared, as I leave you with these adapted closing words. As you leave this place, may you go forth in simplicity, find and walk the path that leads to compassion and wisdom, that leads to happiness, 
peace and ease. Welcome the stranger and open your heart to difference and to a world in need of healing. Be courageous before the forces of hate and the draw of indifference. Hold and embody a vision of the common good that serves the needs of all people this day and every day. May you go in peace and blessed be. Amen. <laughs>